what is going to happen to us on Monday when we're all together again? I mean, I consider you guys my friends. Bueller. Bueller. I can't believe this. They forgot my birthday. What do you need a fake ID for? So I can vote. And I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You're listening to a Not Another Teen podcast, the only podcast where sometimes we actually remember to record. Uh, I'm your host, Cole Garner, and with me is Pablo Vargas. What's up, guys? And Chris Moran. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, as you guys heard in the intro, it's Hughes Month, so we're just excited to get started on like his better movies with The Breakfast Club. Round two, baby. Let's go. Yeah, round two. It's... Uh, I, John Hughes month is just something I've been looking forward to for so long, and now that we're at the Breakfast Club, like this is one of the reasons why we started this podcast, or at least the, one of the reasons why I started the podcast. Like, yes, I'm just yeah, because I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just hyped to get started on it. So we're gonna get right into it after our first segment, which is uh, what have we been watching? So Chris, oh. what have you been watching? Um. Just a bunch of stuff on Netflix, really, like um, Unsolved Mysteries and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I've that's a reboot type thing, right? Yeah, it, there was like a show from the eighties, and they brought it back. Yeah, how was it? It's really good, actually. I like it. Can you give us uh, a reason why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just really interesting and stuff like that. Did you solve how... any mysteries? Well, I haven't personally, no. Oh, well, apparently you're failing then. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Come on. I know. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, Pablo, what have you been watching? I uh, sorry, I just cut time. you off, but... <laughs> yeah. Every time there's these unsolved mystery shows, they never really seem to solve them. I guess they really are unsolved mysteries. Well, wow. from the, the original <laughs> one, they solved quite a few. It ran from like 1980-something to 2010. Okay. Um, but unsolved mysteries is like they're doing a documentary style thing over an actual unsolved mystery, and then yeah. like the people watching are the ones who solve it. Basically, like if you have any information about it, you call in or something. What the heck? That's so weird. Yeah. But I also kind of. Well, it worked. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, it works. It works. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, oh. it'll be cool if uh, Netflix gets a few calls in. About well, it. they so interesting. They, they already have over two thousand credible oh. tips, so. Oh, I feel bad for the detectives now. <laughs> yeah. like, wait, wait, how many? <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna read all of those. <laughs> At least right now, probably we only get like two hundred. Yeah. Less. <laughs> and uh, Pablo, what have you been listening to now? What? Listen oh, to watching my letterbox. I was just checking through my letterbox and I don't remember what I saw. Um, the only movie I saw this week, besides The Breakfast Club, oh, Let's okay. Do the Right Thing, directed by Spike Lee, which was great, actually. I, I, I thought it was going to be good, but I was surprised. And uh, it, it just, it's such a great movie. <laughs> Let's start. Um, 
it's I was surprised that it's not really like a movie one main character it's mostly a story about a specific neighborhood yeah and um it's just so many points of views and usually when you have too much in a movie it mostly doesn't work the way it's executed in this film just it works so well Hmm. um it's really interesting um really entertaining and very nerve striking at the end and uh how it all ends the movie at the end of the movie so good yeah spike lee did an interview whenever it first like not whenever it first came out but like a few years after and he was like the he's like the most the question that i get the most over this movie is did he do the right thing and he's like if you think that he didn't do the right thing then you're the problem I think that's like it's like a profound thing, especially it's just a timely movie right now. Personally, I haven't honestly seen it's it. Really relevant, actually. That's, that's like, why yeah. I, I've it been wanting to watch it. About it. it. Works. I've been wanting to watch it for a long time, and like right now, I feel like this is the time to watch it. So I'm gonna get around to it. This is actually the right time to watch it. it, it yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to watch it as well. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it'd be, like, too timely, you know? No, no, I, I actually, it doesn't even matter what time. Any time's the right time to see it. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, What I've been That's watching good. is, um, well, I've watched quite a few things this week. Um, I watched The Endless, which is kind of a sci-fi mystery type thing on Netflix, and it was, it was pretty good. Hmm. It's... It's hard to explain the movie, and it's like, I'm not sure if I fully got everything that it was going for, and I don't, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I fully liked everything it was doing, but it was definitely a movie worth watching. Uh, the Breakfast Club, obviously, Insidious, I watched a few nights ago, but the one that stood out, and like this isn't just like a standout of this week, it's the standout of the year, it's Palm Springs with uh, Andy Sandberg. Oh yeah? Uh, it's... Really? Like the more I think about it, I can't wait to rewatch it. I'm gonna rewatch it in the next few days. Um, I have to watch it together. I need to, I need to watch it. Yeah, well, we're gonna have to watch it together. If we don't do anything I after really this, then we may have to watch it after. <laughs> but um, <I'm> down. <laughs> but it's it's um the Groundhog Day formula, right? But it's yeah. more. It's so much more than that, and it transcends everything that i think groundhog day was trying to do you know um and it's just absolutely hilarious all throughout and it's really heartfelt at the same time like i wasn't i was expecting like a straight comedy and it isn't that so it's i don't know it's just so good and i hope that literally everyone watches it because it deserves all of the praise uh yeah, we should watch it together. Uh, I think my right. boss recommended it to me. The I didn't know it came out this week or last week. Yeah, I didn't either. I was excited for not it. Not really, not really much advertising for it. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Which is weird. Because Hulu, that, that is weird. The money that Hulu spent on it is the most Hulu has ever spent on a movie, which was fifteen million dollars. So like, Jeez. they didn't really do much advertising for it. Which is weird. Why would you spend all that money if you're not going to advertise it? But 
Yeah, that is kind of <clears throat> weird. So it's a Lonely Island film, right? Um, I'm not sure if it's like. I think it it's like produced by them. It doesn't have like all of the guys in it or anything. I, I don't think uh, it does. It may. I don't know like all of their faces, <laughs> so. There's only three faces, really. Yeah, there's only three. Everybody yeah. knows Andy. Yeah, it's Andy. Where are their other What are the others' names? Um, do you that's know? the problem. Okay, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Sad. it's a... they should be recognized too because they're they're yeah. funny too. Yeah, they they're really funny. I'll call it an Andy Sandberg movie, but it may have them in it too. I have no idea to be honest. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we've been watching. I could um, be wrong, but hmm. I think they were. Uh, but his friends from Lonely Islands, I think they were writers for Saturday Night Live at one point, and they usually they, they helped create digital shorts. This is true. Yeah, yes. I know that. I know that. Writers, and uh, he was an actor on it. Andy Samberg. Uh, so they've been a group. Years. Like I'm pretty sure that it's a Lonely Island movie. Possible. But I don't want to say that it is. It is. It is. Okay. It is. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was looking okay. it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a Lonely Island movie. I, it's I produced by them. Working on something. But yeah, yeah, this is it, and it's it's just so good. I I can't wait to. It's gonna be one that I'll probably rewatch multiple times this year. It's like it's already it's in like my top three, which would be like Devs, Invisible Man, and this. There hasn't been much yeah. this year, but still, it's it's the standout with everything that came out. Wrapping it up, man. Edited. Sorry, I'm I'm oh. trying to get the listeners to watch it because <laughs> it deserves it. Oh, you need to watch Popstar. I do need to watch Popstar. Yeah, watch Popstar too. The double feature. Isn't Talladega Nights <laughs> also a Lonely Island movie? Am I right about that? No, I don't. That's a Will Ferrell movie. That's a Will what's, movie. what's the one in the 2000s that they did? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I only I know they made Popstar. Hot, hot Rod. That's it. Oh yeah. 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 I haven't seen that one either. So there's that. Right. I guess we gotta talk about what we came here to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about the Breakfast Club. Alright. Um, who's gonna start it? Chris, go for it. Oh, okay. Um throw all the spot like that. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I like The Breakfast Club, actually. I think it's a really good movie. Really funny and and everything like that. The characters are really well written, too. This is good. Yes, <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, yeah, the thing that I noticed the most with The Breakfast Club is the characters. You're definitely right about that. It, yeah. Without the characters, it's just... I mean, it's not even a movie. <laughs> <laughs> if it's basically a play, but the film. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the um, I have the I have the Breakfast Club on Criterion because I love it. Um, yeah. And I was watching the actor interviews that they have, and almost every actor was like, the first time I read the script, I was like, well, this looks like a play. <laughs> like it's everything about it is like a play. Sitting there reading it. Wait, this is a movie? <laughs> uh, like, it's just everything. Of... Going to Broadway. Yeah, the, 
the thing that makes me the most mad about it being so much like a play is that it's never had an official player release. (laughs) Yeah, like... um, It should have one. It should have one. Yes, I mean, every high school would want to do that and would pay good money to do it. um, Whenever I was finding looking for a, a senior play to direct um my senior year mm. like i was looking for the breakfast club for so long and trying to figure out how i could grab the rights um Dang. but hundreds of people have, before me have tried and hundreds of people did not get the rights so smh how, why that's a good question why not because this would work so well i mean you would probably have to censor some stuff and change a couple of parts to make it work like, why haven't they done it? It would make so much money, and they it would really be would. beloved. It would be beloved. What I found whenever I was, like, researching it, trying to figure it out, um, was that the John Hughes estate owns the rights. It has been bought before to try to go on Broadway as a musical, and it never went. So they people think that the Hughes estate is waiting for someone to try to do it on Broadway, so they won't give it to, like, uh... high schools or anything. But, like, mm. it just has never took off on Broadway before. Which, like, I guess it, it definitely could be on Broadway and do really well. Like, Mean Girls is doing really well on Broadway right now. Uh, I don't, I'm, I don't... I'd rather not The Breakfast Club be a musical, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it'd work as a musical. No. If anything, Ferris Bueller would be the best um, musical John Hughes movie. It would, it would I work really seen well. That. Okay, well, it has a musical number in it, so it would definitely work. Um, but yeah, it's it's just everything about it is a play. It takes place in one area, <laughs> for the most part, at least. It, it's <laughs> it'll just... be, it'll be so cheap to make. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what drives me crazy about it. It's just like, you could do it so easily, and I think any... If you get mildly decent actors... On stage, you can have a mildly decent performance of the Breakfast Club that people will enjoy. <laughs> yeah, um, I really don't know why they don't have it as a play. play. Yeah, make petitions, guys. We gotta make petitions. Make <laughs> a play. Everybody, sign our new petition we're making. Hashtag make the Breakfast Club into a play. Let's go. Hashtag the Manny will be televised. Go sign a petition. Go sign our petition. What? 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 The Manny will be televised. You haven't heard that? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I send about. you guys the Manny flag all the time. It means uh, go. Uh, it, it means go sign a petition. Good. Manny says black lives matter. <laughs> uh, Pablo, what do you think? Um. Well, I had to, I had to rewatch it uh, on the same week as first experience was not good. Like not the movie, just that. Um, 20 to 30 minutes kept freezing up and I didn't say anything because it was probably my crappy Wi-Fi. It was your Wi-Fi. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just asked Chris. It's actually working for me. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't judge the movie. I, I was like, I can't judge this. This is, I didn't experience it. Yeah. So I had to like get Chris on the phone or just Snapchat him or something. I told him, hey, let me borrow your copy, Blu-ray copy, because, you know, physical media. Amen. And, and um, it saved my life. I got to rewatch it, and I have to say, um, I didn't like it. Ooh. I loved it. Oh, so, yay! Uh, 
<laughs> God, you scared me. <laughs> like, no. leave. <laughs> I knew you were going to do something like that. It still made me mad. <laughs> oh, that was funny. To cancel this episode? No, no I was just to cancel the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! If you don't like the Breakfast Club, you cannot be listening to not another teen podcast. I'm sorry, it's just <laughs> it, it's just facts. Oh, that, oh, that was, was a good over. one. God, that is that's over. Our dreams are over. <laughs> and you, Pablo? That was a good not, one, Pablo. That's really good. I loved that it. Was a good one. Yes. I um. Yeah, no. On second, on rewatch, it was much better than the first time I saw it, and uh, all the characters were just you know, fantastic, all relatable. Uh, the writing wasn't stupid, like you know, Riverdale type mm. dialogue. <laughs> Sound it actually felt real, uh, you know, and um, I was invested with the, these characters. The, yeah, like we said already, without these characters, there is no breakfast. Nope. Yeah, I mean, okay. Um, for my little facts about this movie, um, the Molly Ringwald who plays Claire, um, she's talking about John Hughes and why he writes these things so well, especially um the Breakfast Club. Like the Breakfast Club is a quintessential teen film, and it holds up literally perfectly um there's not a scene that isn't needed in the movie and she was talking about how she thinks that john had a really hard teenage life um and his teenage years changed him more than they do most people and Mm -hmm. he remembers them more than most people so while most adults like most of them have just a typical teenage life you know like every like everyone else but there is something that happened in his teenage life um this is what she said uh that just like connected him and made him always like stick in that life and always have that in the back of his head whatever happened that made him understand teenagers um but yeah i just the way that he crafts these characters and it's it's also with the help of the um of the cast because um Throughout the rewrite process, because the first draft, um, the studio was a little worried about. I talked about this last week a little bit, but he sent in the first draft and they're like, this is nothing like your work whatsoever. It's dark and it's sad. <laughs> and um, and so th- he sent in the si- 16 candles a few weeks later or something like that. And they're like, this is what we want. If, we- if you make this, we'll make the breakfast club afterwards. Um, so he goes on. And he makes 16 Candles, he makes Breakfast Club. Uh, and whenever he cast casted the characters for the Breakfast mm-hmm. Club, the studio was also having him rewrite it a lot, and it changed. Um, it was a lot more it was a lot more funny. And he calls Molly Ringwald on the phone, right? And he's like, oh, hey, it was, it was like just before they're fixing to, sh- fixing to shoot. Like, it was still in a pre-production, just barely. And he was like, uh, are, are you excited to shoot? Like, what are you most excited about? And she's like, John, I'm going to be honest. I'm excited, but this isn't the same movie as I signed on for. And the next day, he was at her house with the rest of the cast um, with a pile of every draft he had written, like a legit pile. Um, and, he's, and he's like, okay, take out everything that you thought is not working in this script. Take everything that you loved in the other's drafts, and we're putting them back in. 
and that's that's the way he wrote um he really the studio didn't get the teens like the way they thought and he did and he i think he knew that like whatever the rewrites were that they weren't up to par and molly ringwald basically saved the movie by being straight up with him yeah good that's good uh, yeah (laughs) yeah uh, this this ain't working man like yeah like that's that's just the way he directed though is like he wanted people to always be straight up with him if you had an idea go to him and he would actually like he would shoot the idea like if not to be kind but also like yeah because he never thought that he was the smartest one on set nice no i feel like filmmaking is not just about the director it's about as a team yeah never about the director yeah uh something you just mentioned about hollywood not understanding teams i feel like they still don't no 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 they never never have yeah i mean if you look at most teen movies that are really good most of them are not huge budget hollywood pictures um they're mostly indie and there's a reason for that (laughs) i think what's crazy about uh this movie that this movie was a bigger success than 16 candles and 16 candles was pg and was probably more rated r this movie is is. all right yeah and it did it it just this was much better the improvement bigger success to mention they had unknown casts and they just became popular the yeah. same year mm-hmm. i mean i think especially like molly ringwald and anthony michael hall who both were in barely anything um like the actor for bender uh i don't remember his name but the actor for bender was in a few things same with uh the actor for oh my i oh, give me one second i can i can look it up i don't want to nelson yeah, Judd Nelson and the not Molly Ringwald, the other one, uh, Ali Sheedy. Um, both of them were in some bigger stuff, but Molly Ringwald and um, Anthony were basically in nothing. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, speaking about Anthony Michael Hall, this guy went from freaking 12-year-old like 16-year-old in, in, in one year. Yeah. It was completely different. It was literally months. <laughs> Jesus Christ, like months, not even a full year. Yeah, uh, they were not filmed even a year apart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he looks completely different. Good. Nelson said. Uh, Jen Nelson said that uh, when production started, it was like much taller than Anthony Michael <laughs> Hall, and then when production ended, uh, Anthony Michael Hall was taller than he was. That's great. <laughs> how (laughs) that's funny yeah he's just anthony michael hall is a completely different character in this and and he just plays it so well like brian is probably the one that i relate to most in the movie and he's just he does it so well and i think that it's i think that that is that character is anthony michael hall just like Ellie Sheedy's character Allison is, she is Allison. That's just, that's just how it is. It was like, <laughs> um, when John Hughes went to Chicago to look at schools, he couldn't really find a school that worked for him. So he went 
to um he wanted in chicago like it had to be in chicago that's where he filmed most of his movies um especially all of his teen movies all take place there but he eventually just settled on a high school and he took over the gym and built the entire set in the gym jesus yeah so he um, said he wanted a library didn't he but he couldn't find the right one yep so he just built it in the middle of a school all right that's insane actually yeah i wouldn't even have guessed i wouldn't guess that either yeah i mean it looks it's so high schooly whoever's the production designer on this they did such a good job on the on the library and how everything is just laid out it feels like high school and it feels lived in you want to know something crazy that i found out what's up apparently they were originally considering to uh hire Nicolas Cage, John Bender. No. No. Yeah. That's a completely different <laughs> movie, and I want that. Nicolas Cage would have freaking been over the top, maybe. I don't know. Most likely he would have been. been. So, would have been. I mean, that's. Probably would have been hilarious. He, probably, he would probably would have done serious. He probably would have taken it yeah. serious, but. This is before Nicolas Cage decided to take everything over the top and be Hollywood's best actor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't get him because they couldn't afford his salary at the time. Actually? That's so weird. Yeah. John Cusack was also uh, going to be John Bender. There, you know, he was considered. He would have been yeah. really good, too. Yeah, they they just said that he didn't have a uh, a threatening demeanor. Oh, so, well, I completely disagree with that. <laughs> I, I I think that he even um in Sixteen Candles, which he we didn't really talk about him last week, but he's in Sixteen Candles. Um, in Sixteen Candles, but he barely does anything. Yeah, yeah, but I I think that he like still had a bit of a threatening demeanor, even though he's like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, uh, he's wanted the character to have like a more than what I guess John Cusack had. Yeah, I think I I guess I mean if yeah. if they casted John Cusack at the time, I would have been totally okay with it. I think it would still work. I mean, but a few years later, he's in Say Anything, and his career blows up anyway, so he's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I recently it? bought that. Really? Yeah, Say Anything. Do I mean, I, I just saw John Cusack, and I was like, oh, I gotta get this. I honestly I haven't seen it. It's one of the few that I haven't seen that are, like, huge coming-of-age movies. Well, I guess that's gonna be on the list. Oh, yeah, we're definitely gonna watch it eventually. Especially because the ending is one of those iconic endings. Um, where... With the radio. The radio. Yeah, the radio. <laughs> the bo- yeah, whatever it is. Bo- and it's, it's, it's probably Please. the most iconic Please. ending other than 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club, to be honest. Some other titles they had before The Breakfast Club was Library Revolution and The Lunch Bunch. I hate them both. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like seriously though, the Ludge Bunch, really? I, I can't do it. No, I'm okay. Very. The Breakfast Club. Uh, I think it's an odd title, but it yeah, works yeah. so well at the same time. When it, yeah. it really feels like it shouldn't. <laughs> recommended it to uh, John. Who did? Well, someone recommended the the Breakfast Club. Well, they told John a story, and they supposedly called their detention group the Breakfast Club. And then John was like, 
That's it. Like it. He's like, write that down. Title, write that down. <laughs> write that down again. <laughs> again. The Breakfast Club. Here we go. That's the title. Oh my god. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> same, same, with, same, same with the opening. The David o, uh, David Bowie. Um, oh yeah, that oh. was uh, Ali Sheedy's idea. Yes. Yeah, she went yeah. to him and was like, and just like, told him like she was listening to a lot of David David Bowie at the time because he was big then, and she like went up to him and she was like, I just listened to a song that was so much like um, like the movie, and she told him the quote, and then he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's so cool, and then like he walked away and he never spoke to her about it again. And then she gets uh, into the theater and it's there and she's like, what? <laughs> like she right. thought, cool. she thought he did. Like he was just like writing her off, but that's just like who John Hughes was. He was like, she, he, he listened to her and actually like took it way into account. He just like, wasn't about to just let her know. He had to go that's, think about it. That's funny. She yeah, just in the theater. It's over. Like, that's my idea. <laughs> this is my idea. <laughs> Five minutes later. Hey, that's me. <laughs> Uh, it's a good quote, actually. Um, I don't know what song it was. I just know it's from 1971. But it still resonates to those teens nowadays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think 99% of the quotes in this movie still resonate with teens. I th- I just think it all matters, you know? That's, this movie holds up because of the way it's written. Um, even like, like um, the best scene in the movie, I think, is uh, what happens whenever we what what's gonna happen on Wednesday? What no Monday? Frick! What's Monday. gonna happen on Monday? <laughs> um, uh. and like, I want to I want to get your opinions on it. Um, what's gonna happen on Monday? I don't know if you um. thought about it. <laughs> I thought about that a lot. But I still think about it. Yeah. This um, is this was good about this movie. It's still, I still thought about it since we saw it. Yeah. Uh, and it was at that specific moment where they're just talking. They're all talking the whole movie, but yeah. that specific moment where they're interacting and being personal with each other, uh, and then Denny Michael Hall asks, "What's going to happen on Monday? Are we still going to be friends?" Everybody's giving their opinion, and in some way, man, I don't think about it. Yeah. Just, it, it, it happens to us, it happens to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you never really know, like, if someone's gonna talk to you, I guess, after, yeah. Anything. But, like, if, if I have a gun at your head and I'm like, answer oh the God. question, <laughs> like, are the, uh, what's gonna happen to them on Monday? Because Chris is trying to dodge this question. What's going to happen, Chris? Come on. What do you think is actually going to happen yeah. after? What, what do you think is going to happen? Well, well, okay, actually, I think that they'll just go back to normal after that. Okay. I'm about to say the same thing, yeah. Yeah. Well, really? It depends. Okay, some of them. I say, say Michael Paul. Uh, okay, Brian mm-hmm. and yeah. Allison would That's probably true. be friends. Probably would become friends. Um... I wouldn't know about the wrestler. I don't know what he would do, to be honest. 
still conflicted, you know, with, um, his friend and his dad. Um, and, to, and probably, what's his name? Han and uh, Claire would probably hook up. But I don't know if they would all be friends. Okay. With just some of them. Yeah, you want my answer? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, John and Claire are going to hook up for the weekend and never talk to each other again. Um, so, I... Right, that, I'm 100% sure on that. I think that Andy and Allison, um, Andy's the wrestler, I think that they will actually stay together. Like, they kiss at the end of the movie. Um, I think they'll oh, stay together for a while. Um, I think no one... I don't think many of them are going to talk to Brian. Uh-oh. Brian. So, I think, yeah, I think Brian will probably be the only one that none of them talk to again. Maybe, I, I could see John talking to Brian more than any of them. I think I think Bender's a, a nicer person that he lets on. Uh, um, but, like, I don't Bender, see any of the others. Maybe Andy. I, Andy may, like, say hi to Brian as he passes in the hall. But, like, as Claire said, like, he's going to turn to his friends afterwards and just, like, be like, oh, I don't really know him. I'm just, like, I'm just trying to be nice or whatever. I don't think Claire's going to talk to any of them. No, she's not going to talk to any of them. No, I think Claire would talk to Andy because Andy's a jock. Most likely. I mean, they have interacted at the very beginning. They asked each other, like, you go to the party? Yeah, they're both the popular ones. While everybody else in the... And the library are mostly yeah. in their own position. And John is the loner, basically. Yeah, but Brian Rebel, is. Rebel. So, like, I don't know. I think that he could actually befriend Brian. And I would be. I would totally. If somebody told me that that's what happened, I would definitely be down for that. I, I think Allison and Brian would be friends, though, because they even said, like, he said he asked each one of them. Yeah. Allison said, "If I had any friends, yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't let them go." And and he said, "Well, if we were friends, would you?" And she says, "No, I wouldn't." Well, that doesn't they mean that they're going to be friends, though. If I feel like they probably were more likely to be. Yeah, yeah. Out of all of them, then I they see it. Like, more likely. I could see it. I just don't know if that's actually. I think she kind of. She almost revels in her loneliness. Does that make sense? Talk about the main issue too is that they all relate with each other because of their parent. Yep. The parents. Yeah. That's what affects them. Um. As a person. Yep. Which is something that most people can relate to. All right to um please their parents impress them. Each one of them conflicts that issue because you just feel like they're not enough. Some of them, some of them are being ignored. Freaking John's probably being abused, most, li- most likely. Um, just parents is probably another big issue. The movie. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone has some type. Like as Brian said, like everyone has some types of parent issues. Like he gets blown yeah. off whenever he says that, but it's got mm. it's true to a point. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I think that it's important 
and probably the most important part of the movie is that they all have that similarity and i think that that's still a true thing today but i think that just that's just a part of growing up it's always going to be like that i don't think it's ever going to change the generational gap so it's just like we like we grew up without we grew up with technology and our parents didn't it's just that's, that's what happened we like even even the millennials didn't grow up with the technology we have today like they grew um, up with some but not like what we have today. Yeah, they grew up with like myspace who who uses myspace <laughs> like, <laughs> I, mean, I still do oh my myspace guys it's at pepe vargas you're right Pablo. Make a MySpace just just because you said that. Yeah, I said that. I'm gonna make a MySpace. So even still, I'm gonna bring uh, it back. I'll post about food. Invites uh, the way of the future, though. B Y T E, guys, go follow me at Cool Garner. Oh wow, what a plug! <laughs> Please, I need followers. <laughs> desperate guys, now, now you're being desperate. Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, Parents play a big issue in the movie, even though they're barely shown. They're only shown for like five minutes, and you already introduced to them, and you can already see that they're an issue yeah. to these characters. Mm-hmm. Except for John, who just walks to school. I don't even have to see his parents. <laughs> know that his parents yeah, are a big need... I think that I would rather not see Bender's parents. Like, I think it's good we... on them. There was supposedly a scene where he does get dropped off by his dad on a tow truck. And then when John gets out, his dad throws a bag of uh, a lunch bag. as what a waste of lunch meat in the drive off. Yeah, it's I, too I much. Guess, I guess this is much better. Yeah, it would have been yeah. like, on the nose. Yep. I, th- I think that all you need to know about Bender's life is the scene where he's arguing with Brian. And he like shows him the bruise. This uh, cigar burn. Cigar burn, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's all you need. You don't need anything else. And then you see him go up and sit by himself for a bit. Uh, he kind of a is he a bit of a mysterious character. Does he lie? I don't think he's lying, lying about lie. anything, really. You lie about anything, wouldn't you? Yeah, I wouldn't say he was lying. Especially not about his parents. He's definitely not lying about that. Uh, what didn't John Hughes and uh, Ed Nelson have like a disagreement on the cigar burn? What do you mean? Well, I I, I was reading something. Supposedly they disagreed on that. I don't know what what they were disagreeing on specifically, but it was a cigar burn. If it was real or not, I don't know what exactly each person thought about that. But I think I'm guessing this is an assumption. I'm saying this is true. John probably believes it's real, and uh, Judd probably thinks he did it himself. Oh, so, you know, make it part of his character. Okay, he's a well, liar. I would like I don't, to I don't note know. a few things about this. Um, one, um, it, at this point, it doesn't matter what Hughes said. Um, because he wrote it, but 
if I it, what I'm I'm reading it right now, it seems yeah. that he thought it wasn't real Hughes, but I don't think that matters because the way that um, uh, Nelson interprets it and plays it, it's pretty obvious that it's real. It's, it's real. Yeah. But Hughes agreed with Andy. He he thought it was all talk. Okay. I wasn't Wait. sure. I just that and I was like, hold on, which is which? Who agrees with what? What's going on? So I think I think that it it matters what he says, but like once once your art is out into the public, it's up to everyone else to interpret it, not you. But I think that's a lot of the movie. Um he was very, very big on ad libbing. Um, because he wanted it to be super realistic, right? So yeah. um, in the pot scene, uh, there were no lines. In the script, it just says, um, like, they all smoke pot. So everything <clears throat> that they're saying in that scene, like, with Claire being like, oh, my God, I'm so popular. Like, I'm just so popular. <laughs> Everyone loves me. Like, that was that was all Molly Ringwald ad-libbing. <laughs> That's cool. Actually, that's actually cool. Yeah, I, th- I think it's totally fascinating how he like it, was, it wasn't just his story but yeah brian definitely owned that scene mm-hmm. <laughs> he, Michael, he just starts laughing <laughs> so funny <Yeah. laughs> again what's his name i keep forgetting the wrestler's name and uh, andy that guy andrew. yeah yes andrew just let loose even freaking broke the glass, <laughs> and I'm like, "Hold on, what?" what? Bro, he was on something else. He was going way hour, too hard. Uh, <laughs> freaking hot box the whole room. <laughs> like black canary, and he just broke it in one screen. I'm like this guy has superpowers. <laughs> Am I talking about this? <laughs> this guy has superpowers. <laughs> yeah, it, that was crazy. Yeah, Andrew has powers. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he just he smashes that glass. But it looks like with little to no effort. Too. Which is that's a classic John Hughes type thing. <laughs> it's just insane. Uh, Anna just sitting there looking at all these guys like huh. <laughs> 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 I'm glad I didn't fight him. Uh. <laughs> The only one who didn't do it was uh, Allison. Yes, that was reason. That was purposefully. Um, uh, both Hughes and um, is her name actually Allison? I keep thinking, wanting to call the actress Allison. I have no clue. Allie. Her, her name's Allie. Um, but her and Hughes both agreed that. <laughs> Uh, her character wasn't in the right place of mind to do it with him. And yeah. So they like actually filmed a scene of her like sitting in the corner, like singing by herself while they're like off having fun, but he cut it out for pacing. It's weird. <laughs> Straight up. She did such a weird character, but yeah, it's if, just, like so funny. You can find that scene. You can find a lot of the stuff he, he shot that he cut out. It was like 50 minutes of footage. Jesus, <laughs> it, is, it is a long movie, but um, you can find that scene probably on YouTube. 
where she's like the singing in the chorus, just a lot singing. I know that. I know that he wanted to have a two-hour and thirty-minute cut, but that was too long. Yeah, that's a long movie. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. If he wanted to release it like that, then I'd be fine with it. I would watch it. But I think um, on the Criterion disc, there's like thirty minute or fifty minutes extra. And it's an hour and 30 minutes, so that'd be right. It'd be about two hours, 30 minutes. That'd be right. Wait, the Criterion has, like, an extra... Um, It's just, what? like, it has a compilation of all the stuff that he cut out, like, on the special features. Not, like, actually, they didn't, like, edit it back in. It's just, like, there for you to watch. Hmm. But you can find most of it already on YouTube, I think. So if I recommend watching them, it's really interesting to watch. Is it like all my butt? What you? I, it's most of them. It's oh, okay. it's a lot. I buy it on Criterion. It's it's so the it's worth. I think it's pretty worth it, honestly. I already have the steelbook, so. Yeah, since you're already on the steelbook, it's probably fine. But right now, since since Criterion is half off right now on Barnes and Noble. Like, this is the time to buy it. I mean, I already got my Bruce Lee collection, so I don't know if I want to... <laughs> oh, I, like, I already have what I want, what I need. I gotta wait. I gotta nope. wait. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about, like, I'm getting the Before Trilogy that's coming in from Criterion, but um, yeah. they're, these are two similar movies in a way. Before Trilogy and this. Just the realism aspect and how, like, it's just a focus on dialogue. I'm just going to add that in there. <laughs> and nowadays, movies with too much dialogue doesn't, uh, doesn't succeed. Yep. Just talking, speaking for the audience. Yeah, it really sucks. I wish that we... I mean, you get some movies. Um, eat... What? Not easy. Um, uh, uh, eighth grade is a really big talkie that was coming of age recently but yeah you don't really get much which sucks because you get like whenever movies do come out like this they don't really do well it's true yeah unfortunate it is like i it just like i don't like to be like the type of person that's like well movies are better back then because they weren't um movies are have always had good movies and bad movies um people just like like to pretend that, like oh the 80s and the 90s were like the golden age of movies and we they just don't do it like the, that anymore it's like they said that about like the 30s yeah <laughs> exactly so like i think good that, movie yeah there's there's um, always good original work. content you just have to go find it I wouldn't say always original, but there's always good movies, like always something to find. I think every year, year there's at least a few original movies that yeah. are nothing like the year before or any time before. Um, it's just people don't typically go see those, to be honest. They like, go see the big budget movies. Like last year, we got Parasite, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Peanut Butter, Falcon, Jojo Rabbit, Ad Astra. We got it ready or not. We got a lot of movies that are super original. 
Uh, Uncut Gems is another one. Um, I, I lost my much. body. Um, yeah, I know, but like, you still like. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of original content out there. Midsummer. <laughs> um, Freaking Midsummer. I guess that one's not super original, but still, like, you get my point. The year before, we yeah. had like Annihilation, uh, Love Simon, Old Man and His Gun, A Quiet Place, Hereditary. It's just <laughs> people like to ignore that and then just call out the superhero movies we get every year. And there's nothing wrong with superhero movies. It's just they're not always super original. original which is fine. They're not. They're not. <laughs> but they yeah. doesn't really make them bad movies. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference between bad and unoriginal. Yeah. I mean it can be both sometimes. Be Definitely. Can be okay, bad. <laughs> It can't be both sometimes. Like, I th- like oh, you could even say, like, going back to Palm Springs. <laughs> like, it's unoriginal because it's using the Groundhog Day concept, but it's also really good. Like, it's fine. You guys, it, they can be both. <laughs> or they can be good and unoriginal. It's fine. Check out Palm Springs, guys. We're not being paid by them. <laughs> no, if Hulu wants to pay me for my love of Palm Springs, I am totally down to take that money. Hulu, really? Hulu hit me up. <laughs> Call, Call's already selling out SMH. I, I will sell out any time. <laughs> <laughs> any advertisers listening to this podcast, I will advertise your product for a, a reasonable price. For our 20 listeners or whatever. <laughs> so, I will advertise cast if I have to. Yes. <laughs> I like cast money. Cast. The way, the way we money. watch our movies. The way we watch. But they were talking about. They were talking about cats. You know the big hit from last oh, year. Cats. Oh, 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 oh I will advertise cats. Cats, a good movie that... to watch while you're on acid. <laughs> I get some of that cats money. Oh wait, they didn't make any. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Oops. Um, we're running up on the we're we're past the fifty minute mark, at least oh, right shit. now. Before I edit it down, we're past the fifty minute mark. Uh, so we're gonna end it off right here. So thank you guys mm. for listening to this episode of Not Another Teen Podcast, where we're running down our Don Hughes movies. Next week we're doing Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I'm very excited for because I love that one just as much as I love The Breakfast Club. Uh, Pablo, where can the people find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram as definitely not Pepe, and on Letterbox as some random Mexican guy. Trust me, some random Mexican guy will follow you. That sounds creepy. Get out loud, but still. You guys can find me at Geek Center on Instagram and Letterbox. You can find me at the Cole Garner on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter much anymore, but you guys can still follow me there. Uh, and you can follow me on Byte at Cole Garner. Please follow me on Byte. I promise I'm not sponsored, <laughs> but if Byte, if you want to sponsor me, I'm down. Um, so one more guys can find me. You guys can find me at uh, ChrisFM on YouTube and Instagram. And I believe ChrisFM on Byte as well. If you want to yeah. follow me on Byte. <laughs> Byte, sponsor wow. us. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, We'll see you guys next week.